Must be ready for me to begin. You're all nice and quiet. <laughs> good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's good to see you all. Turn that on so we can have the full sound. That would be good. Um, today we don't have any musicians. Um, they are all getting a break this Sunday, except for Debbie, who sort of didn't get a break for us from us a while ago when she played some music and recorded it for us. So we have Debbie playing for us today. She's just not playing for us today. She caught some drift. So we are very grateful for recording her recording the music and having it um, ready for us to have used during our time of COVID, but also for today. And so let's open our service in a time of prayer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. We thank you that we can be gathered together here today. We ask your blessing over this time. Father, would you speak to our hearts? May it be a time that brings you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. morning. Call to worship this morning is a responsive reading of Psalm 5, verses 11 and 12. You'll read the part in yellow. Let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing to your glory. Spread your protection over them. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous.
stick a couple, stack them if you want or whatever. Um, I'm not going to judge you on that. Um, but we'd love to have a, a beautiful day to, together on the 19th and have lots of fun. That's a Saturday. A reminder that August 27th I will be away and so it's a fellowship Sunday. They're going to be talking about vacations and so everyone is invited to come and bring your photos. Um, if you want to send them digitally to Serena, you can as well. Are there any other announcements that I've missed? I don't think there's anything else. Okay. Cool. I would just like to say we had a great time at Camp Anida, and I'm going to be talking about it in the message. Um, but just as a, a little um, piece as well, that uh, we had, uh, was there about 37 kids, 37 campers, something like that? And a fantastic leadership team. And we had two young boys during that week decide to give their hearts to follow Jesus. And then a third one who asked me to baptize him. So that was very exciting as well. So we had a baptism on Friday, which was fantastic. So thank you for the prayers as well. Um, I'm not sure who of you was praying for the weather. But um, we were supposed to get rain all week. And whoever was praying for the weather, I'm going to get you to pray for everything for me. Because we had gorgeous weather. We had a little bit of rain one night, but we really were able to work with it, no problem. And uh, so thank you for your prayers as well for us while we were away. And God calls us to give to the ongoing work of building his kingdom through our tithes and our offerings. And you can give through the plates at the back or by e-transfer as well. And so let's take a moment and thank God for his provision for us and these tithes and offerings. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us, the way that you care and provide for us. We thank you for your blessing to us. And so, Father, we give back to you 
a portion of that which you have blessed us with. Please bless these tithes and offerings, we pray. Help us to be faithful stewards of all that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Next hymn is number uh, 170. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Should be working. Should be working. Well, I, I have no idea why I have no sound. I apologize. It all worked at home. Technology is just wonderful when it actually works. It's got the little thing there. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about singing a cappella this morning? That's without music. Yeah. Sorry, guys. person and so um, she had been in Woodingford Lodge in Woodstock for quite a while and uh, was suffering dementia quite badly and and so um, the service was held over for not this past Saturday but the Saturday before and Bill Ball who was a special pastor to her was the one who led the service there 
And so we want to be remembering their family in this time. And uh, Sonia LaRose, who is in hospital, uh, Raymond just let me know that today they are open again, so visitors can go in, which is good. Um, I've not been able to get in there yet, and so we'll look forward to connecting with her as well. Is there anybody else that we're praying for that we have updates on, or is there anybody that we should be praying for? Any praise items? Sorry, yes, go ahead. Oh, goodness. Wow. Right. Wow. So lightning strike at Betty's house. $10,000 worth of damage. Goodness, I'm glad nobody was hurt. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for letting me know, Phil. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah, we were, uh, <laughs> Hannah and her uh, other lifeguard that she works with, they had gone into Simcoe for some groceries, and they were driving back about to camp, and the car started acting, uh, the engine went really fast, and the power went really low, and so Hannah quickly pulled over, and the engine light going on, and she shut it off, and yeah. So after 10 years, we are saying goodbye to the Matrix. Um, it has died. Uh, there will be no funeral service. No uh, arrangements will be made in that regard. Um, so, but uh, we certainly would appreciate your prayers that God would provide another inexpensive vehicle for us because um, Hannah doing the work at Camp Anida and the work that she does at the coffee shop doesn't make a lot of money. And so we're trying to figure out what the best answer is going to be for us too. So. That was uh, not the greatest timing, but, you know, it outlived what we hoped for anyways, or expected for. Um, these things happen. Yeah. What are some praise items that are happening in your life today? It's lovely to have you guys here. You're yeah, welcome. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Teresa's sister's home. Good. From the hospital and lives in Port Dover and doing well. Awesome. Praise God. Cool. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before you today and we join our hearts in prayer to you. Father, we thank you for the good news that Teresa shared with us today. And uh, thank you that her sister is doing well. Father, we are uh, happy to have uh, Willie and Bailey and the girls back as well, and we ask your blessing over them, Father. <coughs> we thank you that we can be gathered here in this space and in this time. We thank you for the beautiful weather that you've granted to us. And Father, we uh, lift up our, our needs before you. Uh, we are grateful as well for safety in that lightning strike at Betty's place, and pray that everything is able to get fixed up okay. Father, we pray that uh, you'd help Hannah out with the needs that she has as well for a vehicle. Father, we thank you for everybody that's serving at camp and the new week that's going in there with Conqueror Camp this week, a family camp with uh, kids with special needs. And this is a first, and we pray that it is successful and people are blessed through that time. Father, we pray for that leadership team that's going in. Give them strength and energy. And Father, may your word go forth and may people's hearts be drawn to you. We continue to lift up those who are in need in our family of faith, Father. 
pray that you would comfort the family of Muriel Fraser in her passing. Father, we thank you for her legacy. Continue to pray for Les Craig, Joel Prouse, Sonia LaRose, Zach Hardiman, and Maddie Roman. Father, would you meet their needs, we pray. Would you meet them at their point of need, and would you comfort them with your spirit? Father, would you bring them peace? Would you bring them healing? Father, for the other things that we carry in our hearts but not shared today, we pray that also you would meet our needs, great and small. Father, we pray for our sister churches as well, and we ask your blessing over them. Everywhere that your word is preached, Father, we pray for blessing. We pray for fruitfulness, that hearts and lives would be touched for you. We ask all this in Jesus' name.
reading this morning is Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against the flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Well, thank you so much, Scott. So this morning I wanted to share with you the message that we shared at Heat Wave at Camp Anida a couple of weeks ago. It was a, it was a really good week. And uh, I find it warm in here. I find it kind of warm in here today. Um, so anyways, this is our group of people that we had, our leadership team. And uh, we had such a fantastic leadership team. We had people back that we haven't had in a while. Um, you don't mind, do you? It's kind of warm, right? So, anyways, um, so I just thought, you know, it would be great to really kind of embrace camp a little bit, and uh, campfire, we love campfire. So since we're talking about Camp Anida, I thought I would wear my Camp Anida t-shirt today as well, as I get unhooked. Beauty. So at camp, each day at the, in the lodge, we have a lot of fun together. We do something called BAT, and BAT stands for Bible Activity Time. And in Bible Activity Time, we have worship and through singing, we worship God, and then we have a time of studying the Bible together, and then we also have learning through fun games and activities. And so for the first day, we talked about the belt of truth. We talked about how Satan can try to pull at us, and then we use the belt of truth to pull back against Satan. And so we had tug of war, for example, was our game for that day. It was great. Um, and so during the week of that, we talked about how there is God's enemy, Satan, the devil, and he is trying to destroy us. But we can put on the armor of God to protect us and to fight back against his attacks. And so this was our key verse for the week. Let's read this together. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Ephesians 6, 10 to 11. Good job. Well, we know that the internet has given us more information than we have ever had before accessible to us. The problem we have is that anybody can put anything on the internet and they can manipulate images and even manipulate voices to make it them say or look like anything at all. And how our question that we come up with is, so there's all this information. Uh, oh, we'll skip that one. 
We have this is a big question every day, and on Monday our big question was, how can you tell truth from lies? And so we don't have the time today because we're compressing five hours down into about 25 minutes. But normally what we would do is have you turn to the person beside you and talk about that. How can you tell the truth from lies? The reality is that we need God's protection from the devil, who is the enemy of God, right? Every day we would teach the kids through a skit. Will and I would uh, do a skit, and we'd have lots of fun together. But on Monday we learned that we don't have to be afraid of the enemy, because we can put on the armor of God. Satan used to be a powerful angel for God, but then he decided to rebel against God. And rebelling against God is what sin actually is. When God created the first people, Adam and Eve, they lived together in a perfect garden, Eden, where it was sinless. There was no sin. But then Satan came along and he created temptation. He brought sin into the garden and they fell in sin. See, in that place, in that time, Satan came along and he lied to them big time. While they were still in the garden... Um, when they were still in the garden, and they could eat from the tree of life and live forever. But when they disobeyed God, the consequences were that they could no longer live in that garden. They could no longer eat from the tree of life. And so eventually they would die. The tricks that the enemy used in the garden are the same ones that he continues to use for us today. First of all, he tries to confuse us by making us question what God said. Right? So if we remember... The serpent, he went up to Eve and he said, Oh, did God say you can't eat any fruit from the tree in the garden? And she said, Well, well no, we just can't eat from the, the fruit from the tree in the center of the garden. And he confused her. Uh, he tempts us to put ourselves first instead of God. You know, she said that if we eat from the tree of life, that we'll die. And Satan said, You will not surely die. And he pointed out that this fruit was good for them learning what the uh, knowledge of good and evil was. And then the reality is that he lied to them, right? He lied to Adam and Eve, and he lies to us, ruining our lives. Adam and Eve lost everything they had in the garden. It was perfect there. And they lost it all. Satan continues to lie to us, ruining our lives today. As a matter of fact, Jesus says about him in John 8, 44, that there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Peter talked about him as well in the Bible, and he said that be, of, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to, to devour. And that may sound scary to us, but we don't have to run away from him. As a matter of fact, Peter tells us to resist him standing firm in the faith. So we need to stand firm. See, Satan is powerful, but God is way more powerful than Satan. So if we choose to follow Jesus, we don't have to be afraid of him. We just need to turn to God. And God will provide his protection for us like armor. And that's why we have this verse, right? Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. We all need God's protection from the devil, the enemy of God, because the enemy of God is always at work. He's trying to confuse us by making us question what God said 
tempt us to put ourselves first instead of God and trying to ruin our lives. In ancient times, soldiers would wear armor. You can see these are obviously hardened, trained soldiers that we have. You can tell in the picture, right? Um, okay, so these are actually, this is the cutout that we had for our campers. And for the girls, they use the girl soldier. And for the guys, they use the guy one. And they've got all the parts of the armor that are there. But unlike the armor that soldiers would wear in ancient times, the armor that we are talking about for Christians is armor from God. Soldiers would wear a belt of truth that would protect their guts. And they would have a place there to keep their sword, too. And God's belt of truth is a piece of spiritual armor for each one of us that protects us from Satan's lies. Satan will try and convince us things like we don't need God, um, like we can't trust God's word, and, like, and things like we are worthless and beyond saving. These are pretty sad lies, and unfortunately, a lot of people in the world today believe them. But the truth is that we do need God, don't we? We need God because he shows us the right way to live. We need God because he shows us the right way to treat one another. And we need God because he shows us the right way to connect with him. So the truth is that we can trust in God's word 100%. And also the truth is that we are not worthless. We are all created in the image of God. If we look at Genesis 1.27, it tells us this. God created mankind, or people, in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Being created in the image of God is also the very reason why everyone deserves dignity and respect. And it's also the basis of God's love for us. We are created in his image. Before sin came into the world and messed up people's values and messed up their thoughts, people lived according to God's perfect plan. If we go back to the Garden of Eden, before sin, Adam and Eve lived according to God's perfect plan. Unfortunately, when sin came into the world, and right up to this day, Satan has continued to whisper lies to confuse people. And if you look around and if you listen, you can hear what he's saying. Things like, God messed up when he made them. You aren't the person that you really should be. Or he might say, convince them of things like tempting them to pursue things that God would want them to do. And they might think that would make them happy, but they won't really be happy doing them. Just like he did with Adam and Eve, Satan's trick is to mess up our thinking. He tries to convince us all of all of these things and that we are worthless. That's one of his favorite things. Convince us that we are worthless. But the truth is that God's love, grace, and forgiveness are never ending. They never end. That's why in the Bible it says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So the soldier's belt, it covers the stomach and it gave them some sort of protection there. And that's why the idea of the belt of truth makes sense. Have you ever been really kind of anxious and nervous and you kind of feel it? You get butterflies in your stomach? That's where we need protection, right? When we aren't sure about things, when we, when we start to get sucked into the lies, we can feel that kind of anxiety creeping in. We need the belt of truth over us to protect us. It's the place where our convictions come from, too. Our convictions come from our gut, 
You know, when you believe in something and you're convicted by it, that's your guts. We need that protected. And so we need to put on the belt of truth to remember the truth that we know about God. And always to speak that truth. We can know the truth of God by reading his word, by listening as his spirit prompts our hearts, and by listening to the voices of other people who are godly around us. So our key point about the belt of truth is that we can put on the belt of truth and stand firm in our convictions, which is great news. That was Monday. Tuesday, we're taking five hours, by the way, and compressing it into about 25 minutes. So I hope you're ready for a quick journey. The big question that we had is another important one. Each day we had the big question. But I want to start with this thought. The word righteous means to be someone who does what is right. And it's without blame. People love to blame others for their mistakes, right? We see it all the time that the news loves to see a celebrity who's messed up. And then they talk about all of the things they've done. Our big question on Tuesday was what makes it hard to be righteous? What makes it hard to be righteous? See, in our hearts, the place of our emotions also needs protection. In the same way that the belt of truth protects our guts, our convictions, and our ability to stand firm, the breastplate of righteousness will protect our hearts. Eve was tempted by Satan to eat that one fruit in the garden that God told her not to. And she gave some to Adam, and he also ate from it, and he sinned. But And sin is rebellion. We know that. It's about doing the things that we should not do. But sin is also when we don't do the things we should do. As it tells us in James 4.17, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin. Now, if we seek to live for Jesus, we should feel bad about our sin. And it's a good thing for us to feel bad about our sin if we do more than just feel bad about it. If we actually turn to God and say that we're sorry and ask him to help change our ways. It's what God wants. He wants us to be free from sin. And he has made a way, hasn't he? For we know the passage, John 3, 16 and 17, which tells us this is why Jesus came to earth. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. You know, in the Bible we read in Romans 3.23 and 6.23, excuse me, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We read that the wages of sin is death. And that means that without Jesus, we all stand condemned. Because we all sin, either by the things that we do or by the things that we should have done and didn't do. The good news is that Jesus came to pay completely for all of our sin. And he lived a perfect, sinless life. In other words, he was completely righteous. He took our sins upon himself and our guilt, and he traded that with us. He offered us his righteousness instead of our guilt. And so if we repent... If we ask for forgiveness and turn away from our sin, he will forgive us. The Bible also tells us this about God. That the Lord is compassionate and gracious. He is slow to anger and abounding in love. 
He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us according, excuse me, as their sins deserve, or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so high, uh, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. It's amazing news, isn't it? It's really quite fantastic. But you know what? Sometimes there's a problem. Sometimes we may have repented from those sins, and it's, it's all in the past, but we still feel bad about it. And that's where we need protection for our hearts, because see what Satan will come along, is he will come along and, and remind us of our past sins and make us feel bad about that. And that's where we need the breastplate of righteousness that protects our hearts. It protects us. Right, there's the breastplate. Because Satan's lies are trying to make us feel bad about things that have already been forgiven. But when we exchange that righteousness with Jesus, we are set free. Satan's name means accuser, and that's why he loves to do it. He loves to accuse us of the things that we have done wrong. But we can put on the breastplate of righteousness instead to protect our hearts. By seeking forgiveness for our sins, and accepting Jesus' righteousness as our own. In case you hadn't heard or haven't been watching the news lately, the world is full of bad news. It's there when we watch it, hear about it on social media, and there's a lot of focus on the negative things that are around us. We really need more good news. And so the next day, our big question was, what makes something good news? make something good news. See, a couple of other important pieces for our soldier were their sandals, what they were fitted with, and also their shields. The shield is there. There's a shield. Their sandals for these soldiers were fitted with little spikes, kind of like cleats for football, and it would help them to get a good grip and to be able to go into difficult places. They would protect their feet as well. And their shields were made of strong, sturdy materials that were fireproof. Sometimes they were even soaked down with water so that if the enemy was shooting flaming arrows or flaming darts, that they would just sizzle and go out when they hit the shield. Having your feet equipped with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace is about being equipped and ready to go where we are sent. Just like a soldier, we too are sent into the enemy's land. God has allowed Satan to rule the hearts of people and to deceive them. And this is why people sin. Sometimes they get trapped in sin and feel like they can never get away from it. They can never get out of it. And Satan will there be there to accuse them of all the miserable things that they've done and make them feel worthless. And they lack any kind of meaningful peace. So gospel means good news. And we are bringing good news of peace. That's why we need these sandals, if you will. God has made a way for us to be reconciled to him and to be reconciled to one another. That's why we have these words from 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 19. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. Don't you think that's good news that people need to hear? It goes on and says, 
All this is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed us to the message of reconciliation. So when we accept what Jesus has done for us on the cross, it pays for our sins. And that's not just good news for us, right? That's good news for everybody. We need to go and set other people free from their slavery to sin, too. That's what it's like to have our feet fitted with the good news, the gospel of peace. And when we go, Satan will unload everything on us. Satan will unleash a barrage of flaming insults, challenges, hurtful words. They feel like they're coming from people, but we got to remember that our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's Satan that's motivating these words, these, these hurtful things that will try and destroy our faith. And so that's why we need to be like that shield, saturated in faith, saturated to protect us from all of those flaming darts. Just like the soldiers had those shields that were soaked with water, right? We need to have it completely ourselves soaked with our faith so that when we are attacked we're okay it just fizzles and goes out there's our shield here was our next key point that we can have our feet fitted excuse me ready to share the good news and put on the shield of faith to protect us as we seek to save others for the enemy from the enemy that was our next point that we shared with the kids you know, our eyes and our ears are conduits to whatever we have in our minds. Whatever we see or hear impacts what we think and what we think about it. And when I was in computers back in high school a very, very long time ago, although maybe not as long as for some of you, um, we studied computers and we, there was this expression, a little acronym, GIGO. G-I-G-O. Does anyone know what it stands for? Awesome. Who said that? Wonderful. Very good. Garbage in, garbage out. It was about programming, right? If you don't have good programming going into your programming, it's not going to end up with a good program. Garbage in, garbage out. It's the same as what we put into our, we see with our eyes and what we hear with our ears. We need to protect our minds. And if we're allowing garbage to come in, that's what's going to come out. So our big question was, what are ways to protect our minds? And so we got them to share that with one another. What are ways to protect our minds? And they discussed it together for 60 seconds. We came back together, and then we talked about it. You see, God's armor also includes the helmet of salvation, which protects our minds. Now, you all know that salvation means being saved. But when we choose to follow Jesus, we are saved from being trapped in a life of sin. We are saved from spending eternity also in hell. But also, when we are saved, it gives us a life of hope and peace and joy found only in Jesus. And a life which ends with spending eternity with him. And nothing can take that away from us, which is fantastic news. In Romans 8, 38 and 39, it reminds us that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation 
will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So just like a soldier needed a helmet to protect his brain so that he could think straight, surprisingly, if a soldier loses their head, they cease to, to fight. Isn't that weird? You ever think about that? It's kind of an important piece, right? You can lose an arm, you still have another arm. You lose the head, you're kind of done. And so we need to have our minds protected. When we have our thoughts thinking straight, it helps us to remember who we belong to, whose armor we are wearing, because we are wearing God's armor, and whose good news we are sharing, and whose name we're bearing. We are bearing the name of Jesus when we go. A soldier's shield, uh, sword, excuse me, also defends them, right? If you ever watch those movies and they're, they're fighting with swords, they can parry, which means somebody attacks you and you hold up your sword and you block the shot. But they also use it to attack, don't they? The sword of the spear is the word of God. And to take up the sword means that God's word is like a sword that protects us and also defeats Satan. Think about Jesus when he was taken into the wilderness and tempted by Satan in Matthew 4. What did he respond with every time? It was the word of God. That was his sword. And that's why we need to read our Bibles every day. So it plants God's word deep in our hearts. And it's like sword training for us as we read the word of God every day. So when Satan attacks, trying to deceive and destroy us, we can respond with the word of God. The Bible is like a sword that helps us to defend and cut down anything bad. Having God's word memorized in our hearts helps us win against the devil and, God, and make God's word number one in our lives as well. And our key points are that true salvation is found only in Jesus. Excuse me, it's only found in Jesus. True salvation is only found in Jesus. And we need to remember that. Helmet of salvation. And with the sword, we can fight the enemy with God's word. It's more powerful than anything we can come up with. Our last one. You know, prayer is talking to God. I know you guys know that already. And it's something that we've been teaching during our bat time with the kids. We do it during Vespers in the evening where somebody will share about their faith and how God has, has walked with them or... A, has impacted their life. Or in the evening devotional time where they have a little reflection time at night before going to sleep. Maybe it was other times during the day where people would just stop and pray. Maybe you pray at certain set times, but also just pray whenever God speaks to you. And it's great to be able to talk to God whenever you need to because he knows everything, right? He sees everything. He understands everything. And he can help us no matter what we go through. So our last big question we have is, what would you ask God for? All right. We've got time. Turn to your neighbor. If you could ask God for anything, what would you ask God for? Go. If you're not next to somebody, I guess you've got to talk to yourself. Go. You know, talk to each other. Don't talk to me. What would you ask God for? Go ahead. Talk. If you're sitting by yourself in a pew, you can turn around and face somebody else. It's okay. We'll allow that. 
guys are very quiet, very respectful. Must be in church. All right, what answers did you come up with? Let's hear some. I heard that Marlene has a good one. Okay. Nice and loud. Isn't it lovely being betrayed like that? I think the term they call throwing under the bus. Yeah. Huh? All right, to try and be the kind of person that I should be, and I am not always. Great answer, indeed. Yeah. Joyce was right, it was a good answer. All right, what else did you come up with? What would you ask God for? Salvation. Salvation. You don't already have it? <laughs> awesome. Right. What else? Courage. Courage. Protection. More of God. It's a great answer. All right, I'm going to ask you a different question because we've got another minute that I can use. If there were no problems in the world, everything was good, right? All the, all the needs were taken care of, right? Because we know we're caring people, right? There's all sorts of needs that we could ask God for. But if all of that was done... What would you ask God for? Take another minute. Go ahead. Talk to your neighbors. If you could be selfish, in other words, what would you ask God for? Remember, there's no more problems in the world. Everything's looked after. If you could be selfish, what would you ask God for? I know you're having a hard time processing this question. That's okay. All right, did we get any answers? What did you come up with? Lots of chocolate. Lots of chocolate. Was that for me? <laughs> Lots of chocolate. That's a great answer. I, I, I fully endorse that answer. Um, what else? More grandkids. More grandkids. Yep. They're a wonderful invention, aren't they? What else did you come up with? Funny, that's an important question. The reason that we're asking what would you ask God for is because we can ask God for things, right? We're encouraged to ask for the desires of our heart with God. But let me get back to my point here. So our passage finishes with this. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Prayer, as you know, is talking to God. But since we are wearing his armor, God is like our commanding officer. Soldiers look to their commanding officers to lead them and to help them out. And the commanding officer is the one who leads the battle, right? Wearing the armor of God alone isn't enough. We also need to look to God for instruction to lead us and to guide us in our battle against the enemy. He's the one we turn to when we need help, right? If we need help, turn to the commanding officer. When, when we do what God tells us to do, and when we're wearing his armor, we can do amazing things. And when we pray, God will always answer us. Always. Now, it's important for us to remember that God is not like a gumball. You don't stick it, or a gumball machine. You don't stick it in a quarter, turn it, and, and get exactly what you think you need. Right? With God, sometimes we don't see the whole picture. But if you think about a commanding officer, they usually are up high so they can see the entire battlefield below. 
And in the same way, God sees the beginning from the end. God sees and knows everything. So his perspective is better than ours. And he will always give us what we need. When we put on the armor of God every day, excuse me, we need to put on the armor of God every day because the enemy, Satan, the devil, is on the attack every single day. Satan is always at work. And so we put on the armor of God to protect ourselves, but we also do it so that we can advance into the dominion of darkness and rescue those who are trapped in sin. All of us live there at one time. As it tells us in Colossians 1, 10 to 14, we no longer do. Paul wrote, Live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, giving joyful thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the holy people in the kingdom of light. We are now in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And that is some awesome news. Our final point is, prayer connects us to God for guidance and for help. I'm going to mute this because we're not going to do the other song. We had a camp song that was a lot of fun. We've been having so many audio problems. I think we're just going to skip it. It's called The Armor of God. I'll post it on our Facebook page later for those who are interested. I'm just going to skip over it. Unmute. And we're going to pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your armor. Uh, we thank you that even though Satan is powerful, is an enemy that accuses us and tries to tear us down, that we can be fully protected by you. So help us each day to remember to put on your armor. In Jesus' name, amen. Our final song that we're going to try together today is Faith is the Victory. Uh, please stand and let's see what happens. I hear nothing. That's okay. Camped along the mighty Christian soldiers rock and press the battle ere the night shall veil the glowing sun against the rolling veils below. Let all our strength be heard. Faith is the victory we
so we are reminded that God has given us his armor to protect us. Satan is a powerful enemy, but we have the armor of God. And so we can go forth and rescue those who are trapped in the dominion of darkness. We can stand firm in our faith. And we can know the victory because Jesus has already won. And so go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.